University of New England is embarking on a bold new mission to transform the university's decommissioned boiler house into a purpose-built discovery space. Here, on Curiosity Built the Boiler House, we'll follow the transformation of this 1950s industrial building into a regional science-themed play space. Along the way, we'll also chat with leading experts in education, play-space design, and all things STEAM about what makes for an incredible discovery space experience. I'm Dr. James O'Hanlon, and for this episode, I chatted with Jared Wilkins, the Senior Manager of National Programs at Questacon. In my office where I'm talking to you from, I've got this... um quote from Maya Angelou that was that I think resonates that kind of piece and it says people forget what you said people forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel and that's that's a really intrinsic part of that Questacon experience. Questacon is Australia's national science and technology centre. The reach of Questacon extends far beyond just the building itself through Questacon's range of nationwide outreach programs. One of the things that I've learned now being with Questacon for about 10 years is that a whole lot of people have very, very different experiences of Questacon and what it means to them depending on how and when they've intersected with the organisation at some point over its 35-plus year history. Um, and luckily enough to having been around for that long, you uh, meet some people who are now bringing their second or third generation um, to visit a Questacon experience somewhere across the country. But yes, there is a large contingent of uh, primary school students who come and visit Questacon as part of a rite of passage journey to Canberra. And they have the memory of, of the big buildings and certainly that uh, some sort of experience that's influ- that's uh, laid a memory that has remained forever. But yes, there are others whose have never visited Questacon in Canberra and instead have perhaps seen the science circus in action or have visited one of our travelling exhibitions or have been a part of any of the other national touring programs that have happened across the world. And it's interesting in the last little bit, we've also been hearing from some of the people who remember Questacon from Expo 88 and from the Sydney Olympics back in 2000, both places that Questacon had a a prominent place uh, as part of programs attached to those two things. So it's really quite broad. One of Jared's main responsibilities is managing the Questacon Science Circus, which is almost exactly what it sounds like, a travelling roadshow bringing science education across Australia. The science circus is much like a a circus itself. It's a travelling experience that goes to regional and remote areas of Australia and it has experiences for school students, it has experiences for community, uh, it has experiences for educators um, and sometimes it has some new things that we try from year to year as well as we try and explore different audiences or try to meet different outcomes. The most striking aspect of that is a a big Pantech truck that has Questacon Science Circus emblazoned on it that has a 50 exhibit pop-up science centre in it. So that truck can be rolled up to any medium-sized, small-sized and in some occasions even just to an empty field and have all the exhibits unpacked and flipped over and then hey presto, you've got a science centre 
fully operational. The other part that makes the science circus really special, and I often refer to it as almost an unintended consequence of, of the program itself, are the 500 alumni of the science circus who have all done a qualification in science communication from the Australian National University through the Australian National Centre for the Public Awareness of Science. Those each year there are anywhere between 12 to 16 students who are undertaking a qualification for that 12-month period and then when they're not doing their academic study, they're actually doing the delivery of all the activities that the science circus does. So it's really a, a multimodal piece of engagement, but it's also an educational experience for not just the audience, but also the people who are doing the delivery of the program at the same time. The reason that we, you know, why it has worked so well, and, and as you mentioned, why there are graduates of the program that are scattered throughout informal learning organisations such as, you know, science centres or museums or not-for-profits or community groups, but you also see them in, in government um, and as educators in, in academia in all types of role is that really by having a a 12-month program that blends academic theory along with practical delivery of, of the aspects, you just go from this place of really being a novice when you start to someone with real mastery of of the the content and the experience and and the different forms of science communication and science engagement because not only do they you know work within the university and undertake this activity as part of the science circus but they're also working in conjunction with the questacon staff that do all the coordination and the management and the facilitation but also the training component that they need to go through in order to get the skills and the attributes that are needed to deliver the science circus but alongside that they learn things about you know dealing with the media and how to be a responsible media contact person how to look at different policies that are in place and how you implement them. You get exposure to, you know, top-notch risk management processes and and how to train and how to run staffing organisations. And those sorts of skills are valuable just about anywhere. One of Questacon's more recent outreach programs is the Questacon Invention Convention. If the science circus could be described as a travelling roadshow, then the Invention Convention could be seen as a travelling makerspace giving kids the opportunity to explore their creative ideas and bring them to life. The Invention Convention has also gone through a number of evolutions over years, but that's about tapping into the sort of local young people who are interested in making and building things and running what is essentially an intensive innovation experience boot camp over three days or five days where we recruit We run a program beforehand where we run innovation workshops in high schools in the region and we'll go in and and deliver those workshops. And then from that cohort, they sort of get interested in these sorts of things. And we run some 
you know, the staff who deliver it are really good at saying, hey, well, if you enjoy this, there's this other activity that we're going to be running in two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, in the next school holidays, however far that is, where we expand on these ideas and really looking at how you can learn some new skills that help you understand how to identify and solve some problems and get hands-on with some technology that maybe can do that. And I think the bit that makes the Invention Convention really worthwhile is while we're doing that boot camp experience with those young people, we make sure that we bring in other innovators from within that local region to have intersections with the young people doing it. So they might come in and do a guest presentation. They might come in and actually lead one of the workshops of on perhaps a piece of technology or on a thinking process um, so that the young people who are a part of it start to understand within their community, oh, hey, there are people at a university or people at a makerspace or people within a startup or people who are over here who are doing things that I'm really interested in and to get them to start to make some connections around, hey, I can do that kind of stuff in my community or if I want to know how to do this better, now I know a person who I can reach out to who can help me do that. And we always try and partner with a, a local organisation as well, a university or maybe a science centre or a museum or a not-for-profit organisation to get their people involved in it as well so they can see what we're doing and perhaps borrow from what we're doing, but also it introduces them to a slightly different audience perhaps as well. It all comes back to that we, you know, we know that it's always difficult for us to come back to a region in a short period of time. And most of the activity that we do only lasts with a young person for maybe 12 months. But if we're able to do an activity and we're able to point them to another activity and then that leads to another activity and then that leads to another activity, they may have only had one Questacon experience, but suddenly they've had four or five or six experiences in the same sort of thing. And that's where real change starts to happen when you when you are able to make a whole lot of different experiences happen for a young person with something that they're interested in then you start to change their mindset and the invention convention is a great example of that where the young people who come out of it and those who then stay connected with a mentor or with a different organization or start to follow a pathway then they make significant changes and some of the young people have gone on looking at the problem the invention convention gets them to look at problems that they're interested in that can be solved through a science and technology lens so it might be about um, some of the examples have been around you know assistance or removing plastic or solving challenges around water usage or looking at ways to deal with dairy cattle or um, looking at how young people with disabilities are able to navigate things and then as we follow them up over the years we start to hear you know interesting stories and those who start to get involved with you know city councils or those who are suddenly running sustainability programs within their schools or those who have said you know when they started with us and in the program oh, I really didn't know you know I was going to be a science person I wanted to do science that's why I did 
the invention convention, I was really interested in science. At the end of the invention convention, they're going, no, actually, I want to do engineering because engineering is actually making stuff to help me identify and to solve these sorts of things. And we also get the flip side where people go, I was dead set on the science course and that's why I came in and did this thing, but now I realise I want to go into social services because that's where the problems are that I really want to lie. And, you know, some people may say, well, that's a failure of your program because it's, you know, you've not got a person going into a STEM career. And, and I would argue that actually it's one of the great successes of our program because it's managed to put someone into a pathway that they're really invested and really involved in. And I would still say that that person, that young person is going to end up in a career pathway where there is STEM involved in a social services way, that they'll still bring that passion, those two passions sort of together and where they want to go. As the country's national science centre, Questacon is faced with the grand challenge of reaching as much of this enormous country as possible. I asked Jared how on earth they managed to do this. I think the key aspect that we look at it is that we're part of a really big ecosystem. And there are places like what you're building through the boiler house, but also if we look through some of the more established science centres or, or other museums that are doing this kind of STEM engagement and outreach like SciTech over in WA or if we look at Science Space in Wollongong or the Queensland Museum Network through Queensland. There are other organisations that are out doing activities and have a certain footprint but the places that we like to focus on are where those footprints aren't in the sand so we look for other regional and remote areas those audiences who are really underserved they they can't visit a science center or a museum or somewhere like that so while it is quite broad one of the things that we do is really try and find you know tap into those areas where no one else goes and that's where we can add significant value there's there's no real need for us to kind of travel in the same areas that SciTech does. They've got that well under control. But there are some areas where they can't get to or can only get to very infrequently that if we're able to deliver an activity in that space, that helps. So it's all part of being one big STEM ecosystem rather than kind of being uh, having to do everything for everyone anywhere. One of the bits about the science circus and, you know, you can get to tens of thousands of people over the course of the year and you can cover a fair amount of real estate however you're not going to be able to go back there for another three or four years so one of the ways that we approach it through Questacon is not just to have the science circus out there but to look at ways that our other programs that we operate through Questacon can complement it so we often know that you may only get the science circus once every four years, but perhaps we can also get a Questacon travelling exhibition to travel through there or one of our different outreach programs. And we've always had a digital outreach program that's operated as well. That means that whenever we go into a school and we do 
a science circus show and then we say hey come along to one of the pop-up science centers and then we say to the teachers hey and if you want a questicon experience why don't you book in for one of our digital experiences or if we've got a traveling exhibition that's going to be in their regional center at some point we say hey and by the way we've got a traveling exhibition coming so we're trying now more than ever to sort of line up a series of things in a region over a course of a year or two years or three years. That means there's there's this sort of almost continuous um, Questacon experience that can be accessed. I mean, one of the great things for the science circus is by having this new injection of presenters through the ANU students every single year each of those is studying for a master qualification so they've already done an undergrad and they've already done an honours so they've got this really rich science content knowledge that's sitting there but it could be from any area of science and sometimes it's a mathematician and sometimes it's an engineer and so what we find over time and we encourage it as well is that as they and move from that bit of a novice in how these things work and they do get a few reps under their belt, they do a couple of tours, then they're able to start tapping into their area of expertise of content knowledge and start to bring new things in as well. So while they may have started the year with a show that's just about simple forces, by the end of the year some of the interstitial activities that they're doing perhaps in their school shows or some of the activities that they're doing in one of the pop-up science centres is about lasers because really they're a physicist and they have been able to develop some materials or some demos and they've got that mastery of being able to work with an audience and now they're bringing that into play. And then... Within Questacon itself, there are always exhibition development processes. So we can, every few years, do a refresh of some of the exhibits that make up the pop-up science centre. And if Questacon's done an exhibition on maths, and we've found, hey, here are some really great maths exhibits that are hands-on, let's... In the next refresh for the science circus, let's bring some of those in. Oh, we've got some great space ones. Let's bring some of those in. Oh, we found some great um, coding examples. Let's bring some of that in. So there's always this slight evolution that's taking place that's both within the individuals and tapping into their expertise, but also across the whole organisation itself. While Questacon's iconic big white building and their pan-tech trucks that traverse the country are great resources... In talking to Jared, it was clear that his greatest resource was people. And he says that the key to having a great science centre is investing in great people. To have people on the floor who are able to intersect with the public and do something perhaps different with an exhibit or show how it operates, that's where the true value is. And, you know, I will often always say... And we get a lot of requests for people to say, hey, well, well, you know, we want to create this whiz-bang science centre. We're not sure where to start. What exhibits do we get? Those sorts of things. It's like, actually, don't worry about that. Invest in some people to do some things and to build some things with really simple materials and see how that goes. And that will guide you. Because if you've got great people who 
want to be innovative, who have good content knowledge and are willing to try something and fail spectacularly, but then learn from that failure and then go back and give it another shot, that's the most valuable thing you can have. Jared's job as manager of national programs at Questacon sounds like it's equal parts education, logistics and theatrics. Turns out, Jared is perfectly suited to the role, having spent a career doing everything from working as a school teacher to organising folk festivals. I was a high school teacher for five years across both Adelaide and, and the ACT, which I absolutely, absolutely loved, but I also had maybe what you'd call a side hustle. So when I was... Um, I grew up as a child of the theatre, so I spent a lot of time backstage at, at theatres. My father ran a theatre company and, and was a, um, a drama teacher. So I had kind of this um, experience from working, you know, and being around theatres and stages and those sorts of things. And and when I went to, to university, one of the things I used to do is kind of work on, on large-scale arts events. So you have to earn money sometimes in um, when you're at university, and the way that I did it was working... Uh, fringe festivals and working Cirque du Soleil tours and those sorts of things. But that was just earning money over the summer. But when I finished uni, I went I went and taught and did that for a while. And then when I was in Canberra, or even before I got to Canberra, a friend approached me and said, listen, there's this festival that's starting up in Canberra. It's called the National Folk Festival. Uh, they, they need some people to volunteer on it to help run all the stages in the venues. Do you want to help out? And I was like, oh, yeah that's all right, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'm here for the, for the Easter holidays and I'll help out and do that. And I got involved with that festival. And then after a number of years, I was sort of, I wasn't entirely happy at the school that I was teaching at where I was kind of being, the kind of teaching that I like to do is very much that hands-on inquiry approach, getting kids out of the classroom and, and getting them to experience the world and try something different. But the, the school leadership changed and they kind of didn't like some of the things that were happening. And so I jumped ship. The folk festival offered me a job and I, I went and, and ran that organisation for a period of time and then saw a job at Questacon where they were looking for someone who could come and run their visitor programs where they would blend science experiences for the public along with running events and activities. So... I applied for that job and was successful and sort of that's how I ended up where I am now. An interesting place that blends the experience that I learnt running major events and my education background. You know, that I think the best part of sort of the folk festival scene and how it operates is that the folk are a big part of it. It's all about people and, and much like, you know, Questacon reaches, off, reaches out across the nation and people from across the nation come to Questacon. The National Folk Festival is the same thing. It used to bring people from all over Australia to Canberra, and it used to do things in Canberra that would go off all across Australia. So there is that synergy between the two. Like all science centres across the world, 2020 meant shifting all of their programs to online delivery. For someone managing national programs, this could make life much easier for them. Scheduling an online session is obviously much less work than driving a travelling science circus across the country. 
But I wanted to know if Jared thinks online engagement could ever fully replace face-to-face interaction. No, not on its own. And really the future that we're looking at is a, is a real hybrid future. And, you know, our digital piece will still sit within where it was previously. Like we've been doing this for 10 years, but we see it as an, a way to stay connected with those schools or with those audiences that we've visited previously and have engaged with in some way. But the flip side of that is to look at ways that how can we do digital engagement with another organisation like a library or perhaps a university that's running an outreach program in which we do some training and build on the skills and capabilities that that group has that then enables them to do something a little bit different in their region so that they're now providing that face-to-face activity in their area. So it's open. I think it's opened up those things. Nothing will take away from that experiential um, learning that you have when you, you know, come away with the picture from the harmonograph, or you drop down the free fall, or you do the spinning platform in the science circus, or you see um, cornflower slime, or you see a square bubble for the first time and you get to pop it, you know, all of those things need to be in the moment with you and having those, being in that physical space to have those feels that can't be replicated digitally, really. And I think that's where regional organisations like your building in the boiler house are really important because you'll be able to keep having those connections with your regional community that are really quite strong and you can kind of keep building on that. It's going to be a challenge for all of us next year as we kind of work out, well, in this high-touch, very busy young person in family environment, how can we deliver that in a COVID-safe way if we're going to be living with COVID for 12 months? And what are the ways that a Questacon experience can operate in that way or like a boiler house and all of the science centres and sort of the interactive centres around Australia are, are working their way through this at the moment. When the boiler house discovery space is complete, it will form part of a worldwide ecosystem of centres and play spaces bringing science education and outreach to our communities. I asked Jared what he's excited about and what he thinks the Boiler House can bring to this community of educators. Look, I always think there are real unique opportunities when you've got a community space like the Boiler House is going to be with a university because it's not just about the audience for the space, it's also for the students and the staff within the university and you've almost got this kind of lab that you can do experiments and try new things and have this connection with the audience that is a value to the audience and is also a value to the university and also the students who are doing the delivery as part of that having that blend is really rich and and viable for all sorts of things to to occur um but it also connects the community into the university 
as well and and making people comfortable with going on to the university campus and having an experience there and you know young people in regional areas who have been going to the university for for years then become more comfortable with going to the university when they're a teenager there's that that bias of oh i don't belong here is removed when you've been going since you've been five or six years old To find out more, visit the Questacon website, questacon.edu.au, or follow them on social media at Questacon. This podcast is recorded on Anaiwan country and has been brought to you by the University of New England. To find out more about the Boilerhouse Discovery Space, visit uneboilerhouse.org.au. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next time on Curiosity Built the Boilerhouse. Mm-hmm.